Welcome to the Bend ICOC podcast, where we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Don't forget to leave us a review and a rating, and thank you very much for listening. So I'm kind of just going to pour through this verse by verse really quick and give a couple of insights and give those roots. Starting out, verse 3 and verse 5, you might have noticed it has these repeats of, hey, there's immorality and impurity, and then in verse 5, it, it comes up again, which is... Repeated meaning it's important. Paul's saying this stuff is pretty important. He wants to make sure we don't miss this. It's important. And immorality and purity, he even repeats that in several other epistles, always side by side. Immorality and impurity in Colossians 3, Galatians 5. I have three or four other references I could give you. And then even for impurity, he says all impurity. It's the nitty-gritty today, right? I think we even learned at our table reading the NLT and NIV and ESV. There's a lot of different words that make it nitty-gritty, like coarse joking and foolish talk. And it's like, man, is Paul just talking about everything I do here? (laughs) You know? (laughs) He's getting down to the roots. And I think it's this covetousness that's under them, this greed that's under them. My wife was saying, man, he's fixed thankfulness right in the middle of all of these do-nots. And I think it's more the impurity, the immorality. These are more ingrained habits or deeper desires that can come up when we let smaller things like simple greed and covetousness and idolatry leak in there. So the root issue, before those other things even come up, you know, it says not even a hint. My wife was saying it's convicting for her to see that word put as greed, that idolatry, covetousness can manifest in that way. Or even see it side by side. Sometimes we say not even a hint when it comes to impurity. But hey, do we say not even a hint when it comes to greed? That should be convicting for us. Because most people, certainly I have many times in my life, I go, well, I know some greedy people, but I'm not a greedy person. (laughs) Or I'm quick to justify a purchase. Like I'm going to use this new TV to glorify the kingdom of God, you know. Have some movie nights and... uh, And I need a new camera too. And I'm sure I could think of many things to redeem and steward for his purposes. (laughs) But the point is to look at our own hearts, to not make a defense for those purchases and desires. And it's not just material things. He's obviously even talking about physical things, heart things for sexual immorality outside the bonds of marriage and God's will coming up here. He wants us to do it God's way in aligning with God's heart. To experience the gift of how God planned those things within the bonds of how God planned them. Alright, so I I just got to point out again, Paul says here though, not even a hint. Don't talk about it. It's out of place. Don't even name it. But then a little bit later, he's going to say, hey, expose the deeds of darkness. We'll talk about that next week. And he says, hey, it's not even proper to be named amongst the saints, but it's kind of awkward, like Paul's talking about it here. And they're probably reading this to the whole church and the men and the women and the children too, and everyone's gathered around and he's hitting these words. And so I just want to encourage us with the balance that we should talk about these things as brothers and sisters in the church, not in a obscene way, that came up in one of our translations, not in a coarse way, but in a proper way to have some propriety about it and to not just never talk about it and make it this taboo subject in the church. Amen, church? An encouraging word. 
He calls us saints. Paul uses that word over 40 times. He never uses the word Christian, never calls us Christian, but says you guys are saints. That should empower us here, that we want to value what a saint would value and what is holy. To be called a saint. You know, when it, when it says coarse joking, one, I think, vibrant illustration came up just the other week. There's Matt Chandler, some of us might listen to, big Southern Baptist Church, great preaching, but the other week stepped away because of what his elder board cited, coarse joking, and there's an issue there. And so he had to take a leave of absence from his church over an issue of coarse joking just to say that it's treated seriously and not proper amongst saints. I remember when I was first a baby Christian coming around, uh, Madison discipled me and said, hey, you make a lot of innuendos. I said, don't you tell me how to live my life? And no, I don't. And you know, I, I didn't say that verbally, but I reacted with some pride in my heart. And I had to do a Bible study and probably a Google search. What does innuendo mean? And I said, okay, yeah, she's right. She's right. It's not proper. I had to change that habit. You know, he calls us a saint, and I see all these words. In our society, Christian is almost synonymous with impurity and immorality and greed. So let's lean into the fact that God calls us a saint, guys. To be known for striving for a holiness and an attitude and actions and affections that show the supremacy of God. Amen? If you value the holiness of God above all, then the improper will not be normalized or made casual in your life. The greed will not be normalized in life. It won't be hinted at. The darkness will naturally be exposed in others because of your own light. So you don't have to go on the witch hunt and go, hey, who's joking badly around here? And what TV shows are you watching? That'll happen just because you're a saint and who you are. I love that my wife pointed out to have Thanksgiving rather than reacting in pride. And to come to a close, I want to focus on just one or two more words, but have that Thanksgiving in your heart rather than a pride that could lead to coarse joking and these other things. Paul mentions the kingdom of God here first and only time in Ephesians and says, hey, you may not have an inheritance there. I just again want to encourage you that Ephesians 1 and 2, he says you have an inheritance. You've been saved by grace, so you have some reassurance. But now we come to empty words, and this is my conclusion. Verse 6, empty words, or others want to deceive you with speech. I think others will want to tell us, hey, you can live this way. Hey, you're secure. Hey, you're sealed. Hey, there's no wrath of God for you. Hey, just ignore these verses. They're saved by grace in Ephesians 2. But that's empty if it ignores Ephesians 5 or simply cancels it out. There's no heaven if there's no holiness. James 2, no faith without works. 1 John 2, no knowing him without obeying his commands. Romans 8, not being a child of God and spirit-led if there's no putting to death of the flesh. So guys, be assured that those who are truly saved have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. But don't be deceived by the e emptiness of ignoring this warning or being deceived that you don't have to live this way. Fear the Lord with a proper fear that's becoming conduct for his kingdom. Never think that we have the right or the pride to fulfill our own desires. 
with empty words, empty actions. Guys, we're simply not receiving the grace of God if it's a grace that makes excuses rather than a grace that transforms. And a grace that transforms Titus 2 is a grace that teaches us to be righteous and say no to ungodliness, no to the darkness, no to all of the things, all the nitty-gritty that comes up in these verses. So guys, let's go to our Father in a word of prayer as we remember our communion in this time. And God, as I was praying at my table a moment ago, I see a list like this, and it's a long list of imperatives and do-nots, and God, we don't stand a chance without your power. And I thank you for verses 1 and 2, that you sacrificed yourself for us, that we might walk in the way of love, that we might be proper saints. And God, you give us that ability to be your saints. And Lord, as we take this juice and bread representing your blood and your body, God, we just thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be in your kingdom. And God, help us this week as we live out our I wills to reflect those kingdom values as your citizens. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It would mean so much to us if you were to leave us a review and a rating for our podcast so that this message can reach others. Thank you.